Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is Cruise Radio. This podcast is brought to you by TripInsurance.com. Don't let a little incident screw your cruise up. You can find a policy at TripInsurance.com. Okay, stand by. Broadcasting high above the Empire State Building in New York City, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here, my friend. This week, we are broadcasting from New York City, actually Brooklyn, right across the uh, bridge here. Royal Caribbean has a big announcement, and to kick things off, it's Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. How's it going? You've been around the industry a hell of a lot longer than I have, so paint this picture. Like, What, what is going on here tonight? Well, we're, we're seeing you know, kind of the, uh, a more technologically advanced version of intuition, revolution, maximization, efficiencies, creativity. I mean, all worlds are kind of coming together to, you know, where one cruise line is trying to, you know, out, you know stay, stay ahead of the technological curve to bring, you know, incredible experiences to their pastors. I mean, you know, we've, we've had, you know, we've gone from the, you know, the, the, the different, you know, where the ships were being built uh, to be yacht-like, then they were resort-like, now they're city-like, and they're trying to bring experiences that are un, unavailable really anywhere. So they're trying to continue to evolve the cruise experience to make it more desirous and enjoyable for people from all over the world, all kinds of walks of life. So bringing in the whole artificial intelligence and the apps and everything, uh, right direction? It's well. I mean, they, they have to do something to integrate the available technology and, and the way the technology is going. Now we we've talked, you know, for for years about how you know you know innovative is is kind of an overused word, um, where really you know it's it's not so much innovation, Doug, that we've seen more of adaptive, where mm-hmm. people you know the cruise lines are adapting of, of currently available technologies that are available land based and implementing them on board cruise ships. Now we're kind of seeing some technologies. Uh, you know, from let's say from Carnival Corp, for example, in their medallion class, where they're really doing some innovation, where you know they're actually making some applications and, and processes that could be used not only in cruising but in hospitality around the world. Uh, you know, Royal Caribbean is trying to do utilize available technology to make the cruise experience more enjoyable. They want you to be able to you know get on the ship faster. They want you to be able to be able to pre-plan your cruise so this way you can spend more time enjoying your cruise while on the cruise than having to plan for it where's my luggage uh how fast can i get to my cabin what about my dining what about my activities my shore excursions so a lot of this could be pre-planned and the the technology the virtual technology that we've experienced is really unbelievable i mean yeah we were testing out their app uh one of the first modules we did as we did our tour through this big uh arena where we are in brooklyn here what were your thoughts of the of the app and everything you can do at home before you get on the ship look i think the more you can do before you get on the cruise we'll identify what's available is going to make the cruise much more enjoyable so this way you can know have a better idea of what to expect uh to be able to plan your excursions you know you're you're going to venice what what's venice going to be like so if everyone 
uh, has a virtual reality, uh, you know, uh, headset. Uh, I mean, they'll be able to pick, you know, let's say Venice. We, we went through Venice, and you'd swear you were on a gondola. The guy in front of you was singing. You could look all around, and it looked like you were on a gondola ride. Uh, or you could be in Tuscany or the different places. So it just makes, it, it, it breaks down barriers, Doug, to make it more enjoyable, more understandable. So for people who've never been on a cruise, they can really understand why this is the greatest vacation value that you're going to find. From a safety and, I guess, navigational standpoint, what were your thoughts on what we saw tonight with the, it looked like a big rectangular iPad where they were controlling that all these they could see everything in the world almost, it seemed like. Well, it was it, it was kind of like you're on the the bridge of the Starship Enterprise. Absolutely. I, I didn't want to be there, yeah. <laughs> we didn't want to go there, but right. but it, but it's true. I mean, they could see every aspect of the ship. They could see who's in their lifeboat stations, who's not. They could, you know, they're going to be able to locate where exactly you are on the ship. Um, but, uh, I mean, they're looking at every aspect. They're looking at the drag, the co- you know, coefficients. They're looking at the energy efficiencies uh, of the ship. They're looking at every dynamic, every, every possible and tangible aspect of, of the cruise ships to ensure the cruise passengers are enjoying themselves while, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to become even more energy efficient, more environmentally friendly. Um, you know, the, the, uh, it's, just, it's just amazing to see how the industry is evolving and trying to stay ahead of the curve and in, in, in taking technology we all look we all have phones and, and to be able to use our different devices to be able to enhance our experiences i think it's going to make a, a much better experience for us on on future cruises uh, so a lot of what we saw tonight was is going to be on Royal Caribbean and Celebrity in the future, uh, starting with Celebrity Edge, I guess, next. Do you think more cruise lines are going to move in that direction as we move forward? Well, as, as we've seen, we've seen you know cruise lines that are at the forefront, and we've seen the followers, and then we have the make-believers. Um, but the, 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 you know, we, we know which cruise lines are actually have the substance that are going to be able to, you know, not the empty suits, that are going to be able to actually produce what they say they're going to do. They're, they're trying to utilize it. Now, listen, not everything's foolproof. Some of these experiences, like we did a virtual dining experience, so it looked like we were in um, China or Japan, and there's different experiences that we could have. We could be in Italy, and then virtual, you know, we had virtual dining um, which was very cool. And then, you know, you with your virtual hand, with your real hands, you're seeing a virtual uh, version of your hands and you're grabbing at um, different menu items and, and eating them and tasting them and while enjoying the, 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 the visual stimulation that, that you're having. I mean, there's a lot to do. Listen, some of it may be cheesy, some of it may not work out, but at least they're trying. Yeah. I, I, I do think the whole, the app thing is cool whenever you're like an order a drink and they can bring it right to you with your, your face. Like, I don't know. I mean, I guess Princess is kind of doing that or going to roll that out in a couple of months, I guess. But uh, it almost seems like this is taking it a step further with uh, more things you can do or maybe I don't know enough about it. Well, I mean, Doug, the, the idea is, look, we don't like lines. You know, if, if we want to order, we're sitting by the pool, we want to go up to the bar, we can order the drinks. Or we can order from the pool. And they know exactly where we are and deliver whatever it is that we ordered. So we didn't have to waste time standing in a line with 50 other people for something that we could have just ordered through an app while sitting on deck and, and enjoying ourselves. In closing here, sir, we just saw a couple of cabin designs um, for future ships. What do you think of these things? Well, I, I like the, the voice recognition where you could tell the computer to turn the lights on. They have presets as far as different lights. The, the drapes open and close, you know, the balcony doors. So the, you can immediately change the experiences. I mean, you know, at some point, I mean, you're going to be able to 
talk and order a dollhouse and have Amazon deliver it to your ship to your ship. Um, you know, using a drone. I mean, the, the abilities, <laughs> the abilities are endless with what, you know, with what could happen on a cruise ship. And then we saw this cabin of the future where, I mean, we had video screens on the floor, you had video screens on the ceiling. So it looked like a retractable roof. And, you know, all of a sudden you're looking up at the stars uh, or if you wanted to see rain, you know, all of a sudden now you're being hit by a thunderstorm. I mean, the, the options are endless. How, how far this stuff is going to go? Only, only time will tell. The band's about to start here, so let's uh, get going here, man. Uh, good seeing you, buddy. My pleasure, Doug. It's great seeing you, too. Hanging out with Sherry Eisenberg, freelance writer. Hey, Sherry. Hi. How are you? Good. Always good to see you. First, so so we were doing the first thing, and Richard Fain was kind of walking us through what we're going you know, to see and all this, and then we're actually doing it, and kind of, for me, mind-blown, really cool. What'd you think? Yeah, absolutely. I thought the... Um the augmented reality dinner that they presented mm-hmm. could be super fun on a ship. You just got through seeing uh, kind of a stateroom of the future. Uh, what did you see in there? So I love that they're working to bring the outside in when you're on a ship. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that is what's next in cruising, this idea of centering you in the destination that you've traveled to. Um, so being able to change the color in the room to reflect the exterior, uh, to have different um, insets of video where it can show what's going on outside I think is amazing and they're going you know when they have that it'll go way beyond just the um, virtual portholes yeah are, are you one of the people that would be laying in bed and say like turn the lights on absolutely I feel like I'll play with all of it but yeah. then I'll also love the opportunity to turn it off when I yeah. want some peace I think technology here is pretty cool too like what they're doing with like what's the mustard drill and all that yeah, and I think with your luggage, being able to, to totally. be anywhere yeah. on the ship and not have to stress about where your suitcase is is huge for me. Well, talk about the luggage. It's kind of like, um, I guess, American and Delta kind of have it right now where you can actually track your luggage on the app, but this takes it a step further where it says, ding, your bags are delivered. Is that yeah. correct? Yeah, and I, they do that. Some of the airlines are doing that as well. Okay. So I was on Delta sitting on the plane. I saw my suitcase actually going up uh, the gangway onto the jet, and I got a notice on my app, your suitcase cool. just got onto the plane. Sherry, what are your final thoughts on the direction Royal Caribbean is going into the future with this technology? I mean, I think the ideas of using technology to make cruising an exciting experience for people is really smart. To just take away the friction is one thing, but then to also make it more entertainment is a great move forward. Always good seeing you, my dear. Too. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour. Take a beach break. Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling. Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. 
Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Want more Cruise Radio? Find a library of over 400 episodes on iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, iTunes, or at cruiseradio.net. All right, it's Cruise News with Sherry Kennedy. Hey, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So we just heard the big news from Royal Caribbean. Now let's move into some other cruise news. Carnival Horizon just finished sea trials over in the Med. Right. Carnival Horizon just successfully completed its final sea trials earlier this week in the Adriatic. Uh, The ship is currently in its final stages of construction in Italy. Um, And for the sea trials, the ship had a full team on board that were testing the technical, mechanical, and all the navigation systems, and they all passed with flying colors. And following the sea trials, Carnival Horizon will then be outfitted with interior and exterior finishings before bringing the crew on board. Moving on to Royal Caribbean, a big week for them and a big ship going to Alaska. Right, making her U.S. debut in the summer of 2019 for Alaska. The Ovation of the Seas will move from Sydney, Australia to her new summer home port in Seattle, Washington. The Ovation will sail seven night itineraries that will include Juneau and Victoria, British Columbia, and it will showcase, of course, Alaska's you know natural treasures and, and all the wonderful things that people want to go to Alaska to see and do and experience. Um, in addition to the Ovation, the Radiance of the Seas will also be there sailing seven-night one-way trips between Seward and Vancouver, British Columbia. Alaska itineraries begin booking uh, next month on December 11th. I, you know, I think I would love to sail, even though, like, I think that it may, like, not, not ruin, but kind of water down the Alaska experience if you're in there with a big, like, what, four or 5,000 passenger cruise ship. But going, like, uh, in the North Star capsule 300 feet above the glaciers, that would be a pretty cool view, you know? That would be pretty scary. But, yeah, yeah that would be amazing. Oh, yeah, for you, yeah. Especially if it's there at sunset mm-hmm. or if you can get up there early in the morning. Yeah, love if there it. even is sunset, right? Yeah, so I guess some parts of the year it's like, uh, you know, light for, what, 22 hours over there or something like that? Exactly. Yeah, let's see. What else we have here? Uh, Grand Turk, back open for business. Grand Turk Cruise Port has reopened. Yay. Everyone likes to go to Grand yeah. Turk. Um, the Cruise Center officially reopened this week with a visit from Carnival Ecstasy. During Carnival Ecstasy's day-long stop in Grand Turk, guests were able to enjoy the port's amenities once again, you know, go shopping, stop by the little dining places to eat or drink, and, of course, there's that huge pool that everyone loves to jump into. Hey, what's that place that you like to go get liquored up at there? Well, Jack Shack in Grand Turk? Jack Shack! Yeah. (laughs) You caught me. What can I say? (laughs) It's a fun little uh, fun little jaunt down there. So yeah, cool that Grand Turk's back open and so many cruise ships uh, heading back there already this week as well. Uh, moving on, Port Everglades has expanded one of their cruise terminals. They have this cruise terminal number four and they've enlarged it by 225 feet from the original 900 feet. So now uh, it won't, when a big ship like, uh, like Holland America's Pinnacle class ships mm-hmm. or Princess Royal class ships have to do a turnaround. They won't be blocking the boat traffic in the intercoastal waterway. Moving on, the Virgin Islands slowly reopening. It is. It's trickling in. The port of the Virgin Islands just confirmed that thousands of cruise passengers will once again return to the island of St. Thomas during the month of November, which is right now. The port of St. Thomas has been closed, of course, to uh, cruise ships since 
it took a beating this hurricane season from Irma and Maria. Yeah. Uh, the arrival last week, actually, Seaborne Odyssey arrived in St. Thomas, and it was the first non-relief vessel to berth in the U.S. Virgin Islands since September 17th. Um, that was when Royal Caribbean's Adventures of the Seas arrived in St. Croix. Now, uh, ships that plan to dock in St. Thomas for the rest of, the, of this month will include uh, Princess Cruz's Royal Princess, Royal Caribbean's Adventure of the Seas, and the Jewel of the Seas, and then Celebrity Cruise's Silhouette will also dock in St. Thomas. So they're gearing up and, and kicking it back into high gear. Yeah, I'll be there next week, too, on uh, Holland America's Eurodam. I'm not sure if that was on there or not, but... Yeah, it wasn't on the list, but that's, yeah, yeah you're, of course you're going there. Cool. Um, let's see here. New York-based Norwegian Gem, uh-oh, experiencing a hiccup that's impacting a sailing. Yeah, Norwegian Gem has canceled its upcoming cruise on November 11th out of New York City. It has been canceled due to technical difficulties. Mm. According to a notification sent to the line's travel partners, which are travel agents, the Norwegian Gem has been experiencing propulsion issues, it said. Due to a technical malfunction with the ship's Azipod propulsion system, Norwegian Gem speed is restricted from full capacity. That's a mouthful. But basically, it just can't go fast enough to get where it needs mm-hmm. to go because of the propulsion system being out of whack. But, um, you know, if you're booked on that sailing, never fear. Uh, guests will receive a full refund, plus, as Norwegian said, a 50% future cruise credit of the cruise fare paid, and Norwegian is also going to cover any airfare change fees up to $300 per person if you had purchased your air independently. So, okay. you know, it's not good news and it's not bad news, but it's just news. It yeah. Like, uh... yeah, they're not getting left adrift or anything, so that works out. All right, I got a couple of listener questions here. You can send your listener question, Doug at cruiseradio.net, D-O-U-G at cruiseradio.net. Julie from Sioux Falls says, Hi, I have what may be a trivial question. We are booking a private excursion and are very confused between local time and ship time. What is the difference? We are sailing to San Juan next March. Thank you. Well, this is it's not really that trivial, especially if you're left on the dock waving <laughs> goodbye as your ship sails away. So keep in mind, uh, this can really be confusing, and a lot of it has to do with the time of year, and Julie said she's going in March. So at that time, San Juan will be on Atlantic time. Uh, they don't observe um, uh, daylight saving. So uh, if you're from, you know, if you leave from Florida, as I'm sure she is, and you get to San Juan, it's going to be an hour later. So, you know, just write down here. I always tell people, take a photo of the all-aboard time, you know, whether it's on a, a pedestal as you're leaving the ship. Usually it's an overhead so that the crew has to be aboard at this time and then all passengers at that time. Just take a photo of it and don't change your wristwatch. And, and don't let your, um, your mobile phone readjust to the new time zone either because that can get you all disoriented. <laughs> but just... Keep something on ship's time and just get back and don't miss the boat. I don't know if you remember this or not, Sherry. It was about seven years ago, and we were in San Juan, and uh, my buddy Prescott and I went into the uh, old San Juan Sheraton Casino and taking advantage of that free liquor, playing the uh, nickel slots. Heard the ship's horn. We were uh, 45 minutes late, and they waited for us. And, uh, yeah, we almost got a picture of the ship sailing away, which uh, wouldn't have been that good. Very funny. Oh, but gosh. Yeah, this could, it, yeah, just make sure, Julie, that you 
keep one watch on ship's time so you don't miss it. Next question comes from Barry in Toronto. My wife and I are sailing our very first cruise thanks to your show. Seriously, you guys and gals rock. This will be our first vacation away from our 18-month-old son. Is there a way for my mother-in-law to uh, to connect with the ship if she needs to reach us while we're gone? Well, first of all, congratulations on your first vacation away from your your little son. It's got to be tough, and I'm sure you're a little bit worried just in case uh, Grandma does have an emergency. And, yes, it's it's pretty easy to contact the ship from the shore. It's the shore-to-ship phone dedicated line, and just about every major cruise line has one, and it either goes direct to the ship or to the cruise line itself so that someone on shore can contact a guest on board. And it can be when you're in port. It can be when you're at sea. But um, for, well, here's what I suggest you do. Before you leave, contact the cruise line, either by phone or on their website. Write down their emergency shore-to-ship phone number. And it's, it'll, be, it'll be pretty clear when you pull it up online. And then write down also your ship's name, a copy of your itinerary, which you probably will do anyway so that your mother-in-law knows where you'll be, and your stateroom number also. That's very important. But a really easy way to, to get the, uh, the correct emergency phone number, just go to uh, and pull up a, you know, um, a search bar and just type in the name of your ship, and then right after that, write down emergency phone number and poof. Uh, I've tried it, about six or seven of them, and they all came up right away, right there first in line in, in the uh, search results. So rather than if you have trouble trying to get through the website to find an emergency number or you don't know how to, you know, the right phone number to call because you booked it through a travel agent, who again can find out for you too, just go to the search bar and you can get the ship-specific shore-to-ship emergency phone number. And have a great time. Sherry Kennedy from CruiseMaven.com. Thank you. Thanks, Doug. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. Kabir just returned from a nine-night Canada-New England cruise out of Bayonne, New Jersey, on Royal Caribbean's Anthem of the Seas, and he joins us on the line. Hey, bud. Hey, how you doing, Doug? Good, man. So uh, what made you want to take this nine? This is rather a long cruise. You're up in what, Toronto? Yeah, I'm up in Toronto. Um, You know what? The thing is, I've done a lot of cruises, and... My biggest aspiration was always to sail on the biggest and the best of the best. Mm. And that, frankly, to me, was Royal Caribbean's new quantum class, uh, as well as, of course, Harmony of the Seas and Oasis of the Seas. But, yeah, this cruise was the perfect length. Um, It was going to the perfect place. So I just thought it fit the timeline really, really well. I'm curious because it was a Canada-New England cruise, and you're Canadian. Does does Canada ports intrigue you? Yeah, they do because they're out – they were out east. So the thing was with the Canada ports – it ended up being places that I didn't never usually go, but they were very accessible because the ship docks right downtown. Yeah, cool. So you make your way from Toronto down to Bayonne. Uh, how was the embarkation process there? Because I understand that uh, they have kind of a streamlined digital like check-in process. Yeah, their process is very simple. Pretty much you check in online and it gives you a boarding pass. You print the boarding pass and when you get to the terminal, uh, they scan your boarding pass and you walk on the ship. And I've never done that before. So to someone like me, it felt very, very weird, as though you're forgetting something. Yeah. How does the photo thing work? You upload a photo before the cruise. Wow. And if you haven't uploaded a picture, they still have the standard check-in where if you don't go through it, because the, the clientele of my cruise was uh, a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the, those lines uh, to check-in were still there. But my dad and I walked right on. Uh, how long would you say it took you from curb to ship? I would say... 
it took me less than eight minutes. Wow, that's awesome. First impressions once you get on board. Oh my gosh. You know what? It was absolutely stunning. You walk on uh, in Bayonne on deck number five, mm-hmm. which takes you one level above the Royal Esplanade. Now, one thing they did with the ship that I actually didn't notice beforehand was that they took out the Royal Promenade, which means that the regular promenade that they have going uh, pretty much up six, seven, eight decks uh, is no longer there. It's in place. Uh, it's been replaced almost by if anybody's been on the Celebrity Solstice class. It's very similar to what the entertainment court looks like, mm-hmm. and it just stretches down pretty much the the mid length of the ship. So it's you're walking into this kind of atrium area, and it was absolutely stunning. Lots of stuff happening, and of course they have their regular uh, people there. You know. Get the drink packages and the dining packages and all that too. Yeah. That, okay. Cool. So, like, you get on board the ship. What's the first thing you did? The first thing I did was to go up to the cabin and put my bags away because uh, we actually only took carry-on bags for this nine-day cruise, which was quite a challenge, but we managed to make it happen. So we did that, and then we went straight up for lunch. Okay. We'll talk about the food in just a couple of minutes here, but uh, what kind of cabin did you book, and what you think of it? I booked an interior cabin with a virtual balcony. And the reason that I booked this cabin was actually because the price difference between this and an ocean view was almost $1,000 for this cruise. Wow. It was a lot. So I just thought, well, if we can get a virtual balcony, it's the same thing. And you know what? It was really, really cool. It's almost like you have an outside window that's being projected to you. Okay, so with the virtual balcony, so if you didn't, um, was there like a curtain over it? Yeah, there is a curtain over it. Okay. So you can pretty much um, shut the curtain and it's just like you close the window. <laughs> so you could be like woke up by the sunrise if you wanted to. Yes, pretty you could. much. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. What do you think about the space wise? Space wise, out of all of the interior cabins that I've seen, space wise, it was laid out very, very well. Mm-hmm. It felt the thing is the beds, uh, if you walked in the door, the bathroom's on your right. And the beds are directly in front of you against the wall. And then there's kind of a TV section in the middle and the virtual balcony on your right. Um, now, it, it's slightly smaller than an ocean view cabin, just because in an ocean view cabin, the well, the <laughs> the beds wouldn't be right up against uh, where the window is. Yeah. So you kind of noticed it there. I'm not sure what the square footage was, but it, it was good enough for two people. And the storage space was amazing. Awesome. Uh, I want to switch gears here and talk about the dining. We'll break this into three different parts, the buffet area, the main dining room, and specialty. Um, so what do you think of the Windjammer Buffet? The Windjammer Buffet was really, really well designed on the ship. This ship, everything is elegant about it. There's mm. there's uh, an element of, of grace and um, and just everything's beautiful. It's, it's tastefully appointed. The colors are gorgeous. And the Windjammer Cafe was one of the most beautiful buffets I've ever seen. Not only that... It's very reminiscent, again, of Celebrity Solstice class, where they have individual stations for different things. So, for example, if you wanted to get Indian or salads or sandwiches, they had that laid out kind of in the center versus the old style of where they had, you know, everything was along uh, the center and it Mm -hmm. was kind of circulating the galley. Yeah. Interesting. What did you think of the food there? The food was awesome. Yeah. The food was awesome. It was always fresh and it was open just about all the time, because I went there at very questionable hours, and they always had food. Cool. As far as the, the main dining room, I, they do it a little bit different there, don't they? The main dining room, yeah. They actually have, I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, I believe they actually have four mm-hmm. uh, different main dining rooms. The first two are up on deck number four, and there for any time dining. And then downstairs, they have one reserved that's just for 
people that want to have uh, their reserved time dining. And then they have a, another restaurant that's just for sweets. Okay. What do you think of the main dining experience? The main dining experience was really, really good. I actually expected it to be a little different. I expected them to want to push you into the specialty restaurants, but you know what? It was that, that was not the case at all. Cool. Uh, favorite dish in the main dining room? Favorite dish in the main dining room? Oh, my goodness. Okay. Uh, well, we were docked in St. John, New Brunswick. We had an amazing salmon on this really great Greek salad, mm-hmm. and I've never had something that's so good for you and so filling at the same time. So I would say that. But then, on the other hand, I also had my Johnny Rockets burger. So, <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's, uh, let's talk about the specialty venues on board. Uh, which ones did you hit first off? We pretty much hit all of them except for Chops. So believe it or not, on the first night we went to Wonderland, mm-hmm. which cool. uh, is very similar to what Cuisine would be like mm-hmm. on on solstice class and so it's kind of like a journey it takes you on the a very weird journey of of culinary experiences the food there's unusual it's presented to you unusually like they brought us vegetables at one point it was on a tray and it looked like it they, the vegetables were sitting in dirt so it took us a few minutes to be like okay they're just breadcrumbs but that was very confusing nice and then um so let's see you did the italian place yes we did that was jamie's italian it's it's jamie oliver's so mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very familiar with, with his restaurants, and we had we actually went there twice because um, I cruised with my dad, and my dad, I took him for his birthday, and he's vegetarian. Mm-hmm. And Jamie's had the most number of vegetarian options available. So Jamie's was actually his favorite restaurant on board. Cool. Where else did you go? Uh, we also went to Izumi for some great, great sushi. The food there was awesome, and I liked that. Uh, so pretty much we had a dining package that we got at the beginning of, uh, actually prior to even boarding the ship. So we had five places we could have gone, and Izumi gives you a credit. So because it's a la carte, it gives you a credit. We had $35 to spend, and that was plenty because we still had money left over on both of our accounts, and uh, we were full. <laughs> nice. So you went to Wonderland, Izumi, Jamie's twice. What's the fifth one? Well, actually, we went back to Wonderland as okay. well. So, yeah, we didn't uh, we didn't choose to go to Top's Grill just because uh, I'm not really a steak person and, well, my dad doesn't eat meat. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we went to Wonderland again for the final time uh, just because that was, uh, for us, it was the first night. We kind of did it toward the end of the cruise, too, because it was just, uh, we wanted to experience it again to, to tie the bow. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Now, they also have, just before you get to the 270 area in the back of the ship, I believe, they have like a little... Uh, cafe, sandwich shop, and a little breakfast area. Did you get to dine there at all? Yeah, that's the 270 restaurant. Yeah. Yes, we did. Um, now that, okay, the, the layout of this ship, this is really Royal Caribbean's best foot forward in every way possible. They've taken the lessons that they've learned from uh, all the way down from, you know, uh, the vision class all the way up to Oasis class and put it into quantum. And that really had to do with the placement of the dining venues. The 270 Cafe is placed in the perfect spot. They serve breakfast, lunch, and snacks, and they pretty much you can eat in the 270. So the food there was awesome. They had sandwiches, salads. They had a little coffee bar in there as well. They had desserts in there, um, and it was the perfect place to go for just a little snack, something small to kind of just nibble on. Nice. Love it. Yeah. And the shows were pretty good back there too, weren't they? Oh, my goodness. The entertainment the entertainment on the ship blew me away. In the 270, they pretty much have – you've heard of this, Doug, right? The robotic screens that dance? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they, they have that. It's a show called Spectra's Cabaret, 
where it really is kind of a mix of all genres with it, the star of the show really is the cast and also these these dancing screens. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I would and you have to reserve these these shows prior to getting on board because they they get very, very full. And uh, we got there about 25, 30 minutes before to make sure we got a good seat, you know, sit there and have a drink. But absolutely incredible. And the cast, did you know they have different uh, cast? They have a separate cast that performs only in the 270 and a different cast that performs in uh, the main theater shows. Interesting. I had no clue. Wow. So moving forward to the, the theater then, the theater is in the front of the ship, right? Yeah, the Royal Theater. Yeah. What do you think of that in the shows that were um, provided on this nine night cruise? So there were actually three shows. The first one was The Gift. Uh, now, that one was it was kind of interesting. It was like a, about this sailor that loses his way and uh, is trying to find love again. In all honesty, I couldn't follow the storyline. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> the, <laughs> the performers were absolutely incredible. These are Broadway-style performers. Like, these are people that could easily be in London's West End or down on Broadway in New York City. They're so talented. And um, they really make the show what it is. So seeing that product was amazing. Then we saw We Will Rock You. Mm-hmm. It's exactly like uh, the one in the West End. And again, you're seeing a Broadway show on a cruise ship. And they have all the sets and the setup. And it was absolutely incredible. I thought that it was amazing. Um, I'm a huge Queen fan. So watching that, I was like, wow. And the, the live music being played there. I, I guess it was. it's not tracked, is it? No, it's not yeah. tracked. And this is the thing about Royal Caribbean that I've noticed is they really have stuck to the classic band on board mm-hmm. that performs around the ship and, and really they use that orchestra a lot. And, you yeah. know, some of the cruise lines are doing without them, but I really respect Royal Caribbean for really clinging on to that and holding on to it for so long. And now it's paid off because, yeah. I mean, their entertainment product is, is really unparalleled. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, track music is just blah to me. All right, well, yeah. the sea days you had on this nine-night sailing, uh, how was the ship during sea days as far as you know navigating from one area to another, the outside spaces and all of that? The ship handled sea days very, very well. Now, this ship's 170,000 gross tons. It carried uh, roughly 5,100 people on my cruise. And you know what? You didn't really notice. The only thing was the weather started getting colder as we sailed away from Bayonne. Mm-hmm. And as a result, most people weren't outside. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of people were doing stuff indoors, but there's tons of stuff to keep you busy. For example, they have the uh, iFly. They have the indoor uh, skydiving, mm-hmm. where that was a really that was a really popular attraction. So, and they have it very organized, so you don't wait. You go in, you, they do a briefing, you fly, and it was pretty cool. Uh, they have the surf rider activities in the C-Plex to keep you busy during the sea days. Um, there's tons of places to eat. Sorrento's Pizza is a really popular spot that people are at on sea days playing games. Mm-hmm. Um, and they also have the crew staff out doing tons of activities. So really, it handled sea days very, very well. And the flow of the ship is really uh, something to be talked about because it's really well designed. Awesome. Did you get to go up in the North Star? Oh, yeah, we did. Uh, actually, we went up a few times. We, I mean, it's, it's better to reserve a spot. And we went up when we were in Bar Harbor, Maine. Mm-hmm. And we just happened to be on deck at whatever, 11 o'clock, and nobody's there. And they said, well, we're going to go up. Do you want to come? So we got amazing pictures of Bar, Bar Harbor. And then also, we also went up again uh, as we were departing Bar Harbor because we had a reserve time that day. And both times were breathtaking. Awesome. Did you uh, get a chance to run into the stowaway piano player during your cruise? The stowaway piano player, what? Yeah, he bounces around from elevator to elevator and has sing-alongs as you go up from deck one to deck nine or wherever you're going. You didn't see him on board? Oh my gosh, no, we never saw him. But now 
I'm well, you know what the thing was, Doug. Whenever we use the elevators, they were very busy. So I use the stairs probably ninety percent of the time Good to man. go up and down. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I know. So, but that I mean, now I have a reason to use the elevator when I go back. Exactly. What ports of call did you hit, and what are some of your favorites? So we hit. Well, we started departing from uh, from Bayonne, uh, and then our first port of call was actually Boston. Now, Boston, I've never been to Boston, so Boston was one of my absolute favorites. And then uh, we headed over to Bar Harbor, Maine. So we hung out there, and uh, the thing is about about a lot of these ports, these aren't huge cities except for, for Boston, really. And what made it special was that, you know, I was there with my dad, and it's such a small town, and you have to tender in. It's, I've never seen such a beautiful place on, on the, in the Northeast. It's absolutely stunning. So we had a great time there as well. Uh, then we ended up uh, going off to Portland, Maine, as well. So another small little town uh, in Maine. These are the signature towns of the Northeast, the little small towns. And we had a great time there. They have tons of little local vendors as soon as you get off the ship. And the nice thing about that is that you can get local shopping done, which is really great. Uh, then we headed over to Halifax as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Halifax Halifax is a major city in the Canadian Northeast. And there is – okay, Doug, I'm going to give you a tip now because okay. it's a beer-tasting place right off of the ship. And it's $10, tastes five different beers. Uh, and, you know, I'm glad we did that at the end because I don't remember getting back to the ship. <laughs> oh, a flight of so, beer and you were, you blacked out. You know what? Yeah, because I hadn't <laughs> been drinking very much at all. And usually I'm usually I'm very good. But yeah. I was this, you know, good old Canadian beer is what did it. So then we headed to St. John, New Brunswick, uh, and we got to see the Bay of Fundy. Now, here's the thing. So St. John, they adjusted our times. So we had to dock at 11 o'clock a.m. and leave at 11 o'clock p.m. Oh, cool. This is because – yeah, but because um, the Bay of Fundy is known for having such a strong tide, mm-hmm. and this is so close to the Bay of Fundy that the ship couldn't actually get in when uh, everything was at high tide. So we had to wait for it to be at low tide. So they adjusted our times from 11 to 11, and uh, we ended up kind of getting in there. We saw St. John, and we drove uh, to see some relatives as well. But – you know, it was really cool to see the tide change throughout the day because by the time we got back, the ship was it was like three decks lower. <laughs> yeah, like that tidal range is like thirty eight feet or forty feet, I think, up there. Yeah, it's about that. And uh, when we left, I think the gangway was on deck number um, three, and when we came back, they had to move the gangway to deck five. <laughs> wow, interesting. Um, was uh, yeah. Saint John your last port? St. John was the final port until okay. we had to, to head back to Boston. And, um, yeah, it was the final port. So we could say goodbye. Uh, you headed back to Boston or Bayonne? Bayonne. I mean Bayonne. Sorry, they both start with a B. Yeah, no worries. Um, so how was disembarkation? Because you had 5,100 people on that ship. So was disembarkation flawless? Disembarkation is one of those very, very touchy subjects uh, that for a lot of people. Now, I was interested to see how they'd handle a ship of this size with debarkation. The thing is... We had early flights. Uh, our flight left at 12 o'clock from mm-hmm. Newark. So we kind of had to get off very quickly. So we ended up joining a line for walk-off debarkation. And they got us to meet in the theater beforehand. We ended up uh, kind of just joining the crowd because we were late. And we were off the ship from the time we stood in line to when we actually walked off. It was less than 10 minutes. Wow. That's good for 5,100 people on the ship. Yeah, I think immigration took about five, and we were done. And we were among some of the first people off. But they really – I think they really went and thought about what they learned from Oasis class as well. 
you can see a lot of the stuff implemented in this design. Here's a stupid question, but is your customs different than ours? Like, uh, like if we were getting off at the same time, would one of ours be quicker? No, no, not. Are you talking about Canadian customs or customs well, getting off the ship? Yeah, like if we both were disembarking in Bayonne, like would we be going into two different lines and all that? No, no, yeah. no, no. The people behind us were actually um, from Delaware. Okay. So, I mean, yeah, it was all the same line. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very, very quick. Now, I don't know how it, how it, how it did after we left because uh, the majority of people got off after. But, yeah, I think, uh, I think it was the same line. Okay. Well, looking back over this cruise, do you have any tips to offer us? Yes. Reserve everything beforehand. Okay. We also were very good friends with the Royal IQ app. So if you download that app uh, when you get on board, you can actually um, manage all of your reservations, including dining reservations yourself, just from your phone. Mm-hmm. And it's free to use. Uh, so I would strongly recommend that. The other thing I would tell everyone is if you're sailing on Anthem of the Seas, uh, read up on it because, I mean, this ship, if you're going on a five-day cruise on this ship, you're not going to be able to do everything. Mm-hmm. So really organize what you want to see. Nine days was perfect. It was the absolute perfect length for a ship of this magnitude. Um, but that those would be my tips. And, of course, reserve everything. Cool. Uh, well, what are your final thoughts of Anthem? Anthem of the Seas is the best cruise ship I've ever sailed on, ever. I didn't expect that I'd be saying that at all. Uh, I just thought it would kind of be different, but they really outdid themselves with this class of ship. Awesome. Kabir, thanks for sharing your review, bud. Thank you so much for having me. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip, online claims assistance, and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. 